0: And we are recording with the one and only Doctor Peter McCullough, who is who is I think you're still on vacation in the same room as our last episode of December twenty first last year. But today is Thursday, January fifth, twenty twenty three, at five fifty three p.m. Eastern time, and uh, it's been a couple days since that uh that hit that uh, everyone is speculating if it's uh I know I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation. Uh, commo- commodio cortis, or is it a vaccine injury? I am not a doctor, and I also barely understand the rules of football, so I'm not even going to speculate. But luckily for myself and all my listeners, I have the most published cardio renal physician in world history right in front of me, Dr. McCullough. How are you doing,
1: Tommy? Thanks for having me. Uh, many, you know, many of your listeners know I'm originally from Buffalo, New York, and uh, I'm a diehard Bills fan. My dad had season tickets for us as kids. We went to the first game in Rich Stadium, so I wasn't going to miss this game on Monday night, Bills versus Cincinnati for the top of the AFC. But uh, what we saw with Damar Hamlin and a tackle uh, was quickly analyzed by a lot of experts who agreed it was a usual tackle. It wasn't anything uh, unusual at all. He, uh, He made the tackle. He got up. He bounced up. Uh, was about ready to clap his hands or adjust his helmet and then he fell over backwards. It looked like a primary cardiac arrest and that was my my first conclusion. Uh, They did appropriate CPR, uh, defibrillated the heart, uh, intubated him, uh, gave him ventilation, uh, got him in the paramedic unit. I know it seemed like forever uh, but it was actually a very quick and well done resuscitation. They waited in the um, tunnel to get his mom out of the stand. So that's an indication that he was stable enough for that. And then um, they went to University of Cincinnati Medical Center. We've heard since that time uh, that he's been in a, a medical uh, medically induced coma. He probably underwent therapeutic cooling uh, to uh, reduce any type of brain injury. And now good news today, he's uh, squeezing hands, moving all four extremities. Oh, nice. Apparently, yeah, he, he wrote uh, who won the game. Now, uh, you know, I uh, was on Tucker Carlson within 24 hours of the event and I, I prognosticated for America that he would survive. Uh, and the reasons I did that is I had done work in the 1990s with uh, Richard Thompson, first author, on uh, out of hospital cardiac arrest. And we looked at all the factors in terms of who survives neurologically and who doesn't. And he was in the category of someone's gonna survive. Now, the issue is, does he have complete neurologic recovery or not? Um, I anticipate he will because he's uh, young and healthy. Now, someone has said recently on an interview that he'll be back on the playing field. And I think that's a different story. Uh, The vast majority of players who have cardiac arrest, they don't return to the playing field, Tommy, because uh, they undergo an evaluation for what caused it. Many of them will have an implanted cardio cardio defibrillator, an ICD, uh, and so that'll take them out of competition for the rest of their careers.
0: Oh, wow. Um, so <clears throat> my my armchair critique, and again, it's armchair as a not a doctor and not someone who even understands football is a hit like that is I know there is a small window. I know it happens normally in baseball. Uh, Dr. Malone said that on here the other day. I mean, I, and I've known that since I was little, if there is a freak accident every once in a while, um. With the sheer volume of games, NFL, college, high school, middle school, every single day, why don't we see, despite how low the probability is, the sheer volume of tackles per play, per player, per quarter, per game, multiplied by whatever the the variable is, why don't we see that more?
1: Tommy, it's because the protective pads really work you know, the players take helmets to the chest, uh, you know, virtually every, <laughs> every set of downs. And um, the breastplate on the, on the football pads is very effective. It's very protective. You're right, commotio cordis, which happens from a projectile, a baseball, lacrosse ball, hockey puck, it has to hit an unprotected sternum, and it causes immediate ventricular fibrillation. The person goes down so we've analyzed this on my Substack Courageous Discourse. There's never been a pro football player that had it. Uh, it it's not, honestly, Tommy, we've ruled out commotio cordis. He had a primary cardiac arrest. Now, the, the, the athletes are screened for problems like hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, uh, various forms of electrical abnormalities before they ever get out on the playing field. So a lot of things are ruled out. He's had three days at University of Cincinnati Medical Center. And so they've ruled out a lot of other things. They've done echocardiography, blood tests. Uh, they'll have to do a drug test, rule out any type of illicit drug use. Uh, they've done all that. And you know what? They haven't made a single announcement, Tommy. They haven't announced what it is. And I told Tucker Carlson, listen, the NFL took money. The NFL took federal dollars through the COVID-19 Community Corps from White House HHS. then they turned around and mandated the vaccines on the players. By December of 2021, the NFL said 95% of players took the vaccines. That's by December of 2021. That means if they continue compliance in the program, they even took some boosters after that. Now they were very public about who didn't take the vaccine, including Cole Beasley, his Buffalo Bills teammate. So what I've said publicly is there is an obligation by the league the NFL the team doctors the the family the legally authorized representative for uh, Hamlin as well as uh, as well as University of Cincinnati Medical Center they have a duty to inform America whether or not he's taking one of the vaccines and has he gotten a recent booster Uh, If I was a doctor receiving him in the hospital or even uh, post-hospitalization, that would be the first question I ask. I have dozens of patients with vaccine-induced myocarditis. The FDA says the vaccines cause myocarditis. This is not controversial. Everybody should be thinking vaccine-induced myocarditis. Now, he may not have felt it with the first shot or second shot, and he may have developed a small area of inflammation or scar, and that was the nidus for this arrhythmic death. Remember before COVID-19, Tommy, if somebody had myocarditis from parvovirus or from giant cell myocarditis, we can't let them do sports anyway. So because sports is out, because a surge of adrenaline can trigger a cardiac arrest in someone who has underlying myocarditis or a heart scar. Dr. Flavio Cattagiani from Brazil has published this now with COVID-19 vaccine-induced myocarditis. That's what it looked like to me. Hamlin made this great tackle. He got up, big surge of adrenaline, biggest game of his career, and he had a cardiac arrest. It looks very similar to these cardiac arrests we see in soccer when they've made a big run or a big play, and they are just at that that rest phase or regather phase, and then they collapse.
0: So, if it is <clears throat> if it is myocarditis, uh, vaccine induced myocarditis, was this just? was this just chance that it happened right after a tackle with the camera on him, Or is it what you were saying? Adrenaline induced. At the, like, like you just said, the resting phase at the end of a exertion.
1: It looks like it's uh, likely adrenaline induced. Now if he's taken the vaccine that again, they need to come out and come clean with America because our tax dollars went to the NFL for this. Uh, this is a terrible thing. If it happened, the NFL and the NFL player association, you know, they have an obligation to protect the players this is no different than a spinal cord injury or a concussion uh, where there needs to be a sentinel case evaluation. You know, if he's the first one who had a cardiac arrest on the field, uh, this needs a detailed evaluation. We knew uh, last Friday that uh, former Jaguars lineman, mm-hmm. uh, Yui Nawenari, uh also died suddenly at age 38, and he did have an enlarged heart. <clears throat> and uh, Hamlin and Nawari actually are showing possibly the two manifestations of myocarditis. Uh, One is a small scar and then an electrical death. The other is actually the development of heart failure and a cardiomyopathic death. Um, But there needs to be deep evaluation. You know, the number of players now developing problems is starting to build up. Uh, uh, Superstar lineman J.J. Watt has publicly said he has atrial fibrillation and getting his heart shocked. Uh, we know um, Max Mitchell for the Jets, blood clots. Uh, he's been taken out of, uh, taken out of play. Uh, Deion Sanders, former Dallas Cowboy, arterial blood clots. Now, it's whether or not the, the players are putting this together with taking the vaccine or not. Uh, I can tell you as a doctor, I do. Uh, and the FDA agrees. The vaccines cause heart damage, cause blood clots, cause neurologic damage. And, and we should be vigilant and concerned about the vaccine playing a role, as opposed to trying to dismiss it.
0: I saw a great. <clears throat> I saw a screenshot of a comment that I thought was actually kind of uh, interesting, and it uh, it said that Demar Hamlin going down was, in a way, this is a bit of a dramatic example, like watching the first plane hit. They said when the first plane hit the first tower, everyone was terror. Everyone was uh, terrorized it's horrible right a plane hitting a skyscraper full of people no good but in, it's any you can watch any news clip from that day i was only 11 but talk to any adult who remembers it they all say the same thing it's the second that the next plane hits that it goes from horrific accident to intentional attack in that there is a bigger scope and when the next player goes down. And I don't mean to associate saying the vaccines are an attack. What I mean to say is if it happens once, you go, oh, what a hor you know, what a horrible pilot. You go, oh, Camosio Cortis, or, you know, hey, you know, what in a trillion chance. It will eventually happen. If it happens again, that's when I think the reality will maybe start to dawn on people that there's there's something bigger here. And that's it's it's a terrifying realization to have. And I don't I get no joy out of saying I I, I told you so. literally everyone I know and love is taking the vaccine. There's no winning here. But I think, unfortunately, that's probably what we'll see is if there's another one.
1: That's an important insight. The question is, is this just the tip of the iceberg? Uh, yesterday, Epoch Times reported if you look across high school and college and all the different sports. The number of cardiac arrests in the United States since the vaccines is actually 270, Tommy. It does add up. Now, in the European soccer leagues, there is a a private website that is just listing each one, just from the news reels, and it just lists the vignette one by one by one. So it's all linked. Uh, But they're up to, um, uh, since the vaccines, they're up to... uh, to 1598 cardiac arrests on the field, visible, written up in the newspaper, 1101 were fatal, two thirds are fatal. Now, prior to the vaccines, if you look at news reports, then the number per year was about 29. So uh, the world is clearly on edge with this. Uh, the, the, um, uh, the, The mechanisms here, you know, there are Uh, There's an autopsy study by Schwab and colleagues from Heidelberg, Germany, looked at people found dead at home 20 days after the vaccine. You can't get any more clear cut than that. When they did autopsies, 71% of the time, it was a vaccine-induced cause of death, heart damage, blood clots, neurologic damage. The FDA agrees the vaccines do this. I can tell you as a doctor, yes, some blood clots are fatal. Some cases of myocarditis are fatal. I'm telling you as a doctor, as an internist and cardiologist. So th- this all is cohesive. It all fits together. I think the reason why America is so juiced up on this, Tommy, has been the recently released Rasmussen report. Rasmussen report was done out over the holidays. Representative sample of Americans, big, big study, uh, and survey study. And what we learned there, the bombshell uh, top line result was 28% of Americans know somebody who died of the vaccine, that they know about it in their family circle, their Bible study, church, uh, school, employment, or, or elsewhere. But they, they, they know this, Americans sensitize. This is consistent with the Michigan State University survey by Dr. Mark Skidmore. 22% of people knew somebody uh, injured by the vaccines. The Zogby survey done last summer, 15% of people who said they took the vaccines are damaged. They've got new medical problems uh, that they're dealing with, blood clots, heart damage, neurologic damage. And then lastly, the CDC VSAFE data, which is again self-reported, but 10 million people, people reported to the CDC. In uh, there, what we know is seven to 8% of people who take a vaccine are acutely hospitalized uh, with problems, heart problems, blood clots, other uh, allergic problems and that 25% are incapacitated the day uh, of taking the vaccine or day after. So these four survey sources of data, I would conclude that Americans are talking to fellow Americans. That word of mouth is powerful, Tommy. Doesn't matter how many media or social media, how much censorship, people are talking to other people and they're using their own uh, inferences to draw conclusions. And and when we saw uh, Hamlin go down, I was watching all the the media commentators, the the CNN commentators, the players, they looked pale. They looked nauseated at what they were seeing. And it wasn't just the alarm of CPR. I think many of them thought, oh, my Lord, this is what this is. This is what we've been hearing about. We've been hearing about vaccine-induced myocarditis and cardiac arrest, and now we're seeing it. And I think the real reason why people were so choked up is because many of them Took the vaccine, and they can't help but think: Are they the next one?
0: It's yeah. I mean, that's a it's Russian roulette. It's um. I think the thing that initially got me to look at it was it was like two in the morning, and I was just I had just hopped on YouTube. I don't know out of instinct, just like a thumb muscle reflex. I was scrolling through it, and I just saw a trending video. And it was, you know, a guy goes down. Whenever I see a video that's been up for 10 minutes and has a million views, I'm like, what's happening? Whatever, I'm, I'm a human. I looked at it and it's, um, it's some sports doctor. It's like a two minute video. And it starts and it's like, tonight we saw a very rare thing. And I was just looking at it and I was just like, oh shit, you know, that's that's horrible. But what caught me was it was, a, I think it was 18 seconds in. I was, I was about to close out of it. And he goes, now what this is not is this has nothing to do with vaccines. And what, what pricked my ears up was I'm not even a doctor, but I know that you can't rule anything out. It doesn't matter if you said this isn't vaccines. It didn't matter if you said, and this isn't crystal meth. No, it's just, you don't know. You you don't know. You have to test everything. So regardless if its vaccines or, or if it's a, you know, dinosaur gummy multivitamins, you can't rule, especially if you're not the sports doctor on the field, you're in your studio. What? And, So naturally, I think, well, if if you are putting a video out and if it's trending on YouTube, we all know that uh, YouTube curates what trends and what does not. To me, that looked like a a hijacking of the narrative. Maybe that's my own mind, but that's initially what led to me doing these episodes with you, with Dr. Malone, is how quickly people were to jump out in front of this. It just looks guilty.
1: Tommy, you know, there is an easy way to rule out the vaccine, and that is for the family to come out and say they didn't take it, they didn't take it, or have the bills. Listen, the bills are keeping the vaccine record. Everybody knows the bills, the doctors, the NFL, they they know if he took the vaccine or not. They know. So this is a very easy rule out. You don't need some doctor on YouTube to try to rule out the vaccine. They just need to come out and say that he didn't take the vaccine. Cole Beasley didn't take it and they made it very public, Yeah, very public. So this is put up or shut up time for the NFL, NFL Player Association, the Bills doctors, University of Cincinnati Medical Center doctors, the family. This is really about honest disclosure. And this is on the public stage. It's a public health obligation that they tell America whether or not he took the vaccine. It is a clinical obligation that they record whether or not he took the vaccine. It's also an obligation by the way, to report to the vaccine adverse event reporting system. So he'll, de- he'll develop a VAERS number and they have a duty to report this if indeed he's taking the vaccine. Now, if the NFL by December of 2021 had 95% of players vaccinated, some may have gotten vaccinated sooner. He may have come up for a booster. Now, we know the, vac- the NFL dropped the vaccine mandates in March of 2022. They, they announced without any fanfare, without any explanation, they dropped all COVID protocols as if suddenly COVID didn't exist. And, and then we, you know, we can assume that many players didn't take any more boosters, but maybe some did. Uh, we don't know. So we have to know how many shots people took. It looks like the number of injections are cumulative in terms of risk. And on my substack today uh, is an important paper from the University of Iowa. Uh, And in fact, the authors sent it to me. First author is uh, Average, and the second one is Oshansky. Very well-respected electrophysiology doctors. What happened in this case, Tommy, is a 65-year-old woman takes uh, shot one and shot two And then she has an episode where she fully passes out. She loses consciousness. She comes in and she has a detailed evaluation. And the doctors insert a loop recorder, a monitor under the skin, because it's unclear what the arrhythmic event was. Then five months later, Tommy, she takes a third shot. She takes a booster. And within 12 hours, she goes into full-blown cardiac arrest and the implantable monitor is monitoring all of this. She has prolonged CPR. She's shocked 14 times, Tommy, 14 times, probably at CPR for over an hour. She survives and now she's in a skilled uh, inpatient rehab facility, probably neurologically damaged. Uh, Interestingly, no myocarditis. They did everything, it's not myocarditis. This was a primary effect of the vaccine, probably the immune response, influencing what's called the QT interval on EKG. And so she had an arrhythmia that's well-described. It has a French name called torsade de point. And the torsade de point is a very unstable form of polymorphic ventricular tachycardia. And this actually took her down. It generated her cardiac arrest. The reason why I'm telling you is that someone can actually take the vaccine or a booster, have a cardiac arrest, and the heart is going to look normal by autopsy, and by MRI. And so this University of Iowa paper is very important to interpret here. So, uh, you know, the MRI would be diagnosed if, if it's myocarditis and a scar, but we could have a primary arrhythmia, particularly in a young person, where the cardiac ultrasound and the MRI are going to look normal, and it's only going to be with implantable monitoring. Are they going to be able to figure it out?
0: So- <clears throat> And for those that don't have implantable monitors, it will come down to vaccination record.
1: Well, you know, working. this is in the setting of having a vaccine record, which the University of Iowa disclosed for this woman, just like the NFL and the doctors need to disclose for Hamlin. Uh, but I can tell you, this is what I'm concerned about, is that, uh, that there will be cases of people who take the vaccine and they'll have like this woman, they'll have a primary cardiac arrhythmic event and they'll get an autopsy, and the autopsy will say the heart is normal. So this University of Iowa paper is very important. So it tells us it is possible to have a cardiac arrest and end up not having myocarditis. There's more than one mechanism of causing a fatal cardiac arrest in someone who's taken a vaccine.
0: Well, I mean, I guess, uh, I guess it's to be continued we won't know until they, uh, disclose the vaccination start, uh, status of, uh, Hamlin. Yeah.
1: yeah. They'll need to disclose the vaccine sure. status for sure, Tommy, and it'll come out. And, and, uh, you, you know, I know it's been 72 hours, but this is a very public event. It's not a private health matter. Uh, no one has considered the vaccine status, protected health information, the NFL employers, no one has. And so, uh, so this will, will need to come out every day that goes by where there's silence. I become more concerned that it's vaccine-induced myocarditis because if he had hypertrophic cardiomyopathy or if he had electrolyte disturbance like a low potassium, or even if he had uh, drug abuse, even if he uh, sure. used cocaine or whatever, they would have reported that. Remember the NFL is very open about reporting the status of the players They, you know, ACL tear, they reported blood clots. They reported JJ Watt, AFib uh, you know, so for them to be completely silent now for three days, makes me very very concerned that indeed my, my my top of my differential diagnosis that I told America within 24 hours was that this was covid-19 vaccine induced myocarditis like the dozens of cases that I have in my practice
0: it's terrifying and uh, i think it was only a matter of time what's that what's that old proverb you know three things cannot be hidden for long the sun the moon and the truth it, it's gonna it's gonna come out you know, you can only you can only block up the dam so many ways before it starts to come out. And it was just this is how it manifested and it will continue to. There's no hiding it. And uh, that's terrifying. I'm glad I never took it, but uh, I can't imagine having taken it.
1: Now, Tommy, many people ask me, Dr. McCullough, what should be done now? And I point out that the Big Ten NCAA Big Ten. Athletic conference uh, before the vaccines had a wonderful myocarditis screening program they put in place. It was multi-layer blood testing, EKG, and MRI when it was needed. They screened thousands of athletes. They didn't find much with COVID, but and it was published by Daniels and colleagues in JAMA. But they should redeploy that type of screening methodology, I think, to college athletics. And to the pros, uh, you know, for those who've taken the vaccine, those who haven't taken the vaccine, enough to have any special things done. Um, but I think it should be redeployed. I thought the Daniels uh, Big Ten program was quite good. You can read it uh, in JAMA and uh, and go forward there because uh, the big issue here is, you know, Hamlin's getting great care. He's going to be okay. He's in mm-hmm. the ICU. The concern is the the safety of the other players. That's the reason why people are so concerned right now. It's the safety of the other players that's at risk. This is no different than a spinal cord injury, a, a concussion, something else that brings to attention a health hazard. Uh, and if it's a health hazard for the NFL, that means it's a health hazard for college football, uh, for you know other sports. And they'll start to work through this. Uh, you started out by mentioning commotio cordis. That's the reason why the. The shoulder pads have evolved to protect the sternum. That's the reason why catchers wear a sternal protector pad. Uh, that's the reason why now hockey pads now protect the sternum. So if, it, if a, a hockey puck hits there, the commotio cordis doesn't happen. So we've, we've evolved protective equipment for players. Now we need to, with this uh, clear and present health hazard, we need to come up with a cardiovascular type of protective program. I think for the players who took the vaccine.
0: Do you have any predictions for what that will look like?
1: I think it should be the Daniels program uh, where they start out with blood gotcha. testing and it's sequential it escalates EKG uh, and then on to cardiac MRI when uh, warranted. And some players may need to come out of competition for a period of time. You know, I'm treating Myocarditis, if there's left ventricular dysfunction, we use particular drugs. If there's active inflammation shown by late gadolinium enhancement, cardiac troponin, we use different drugs. I've, you know, there there is a skill developing. I'm following the Japanese very carefully. They're reporting the results with vaccine-induced myocarditis. Uh, But I'm concerned that the peer-reviewed literature has fatal cases of cardiac arrest due to vaccine myocarditis in the peer-reviewed published literature, 200 papers overall. We have large numbers of deaths in the vaccine adverse event reporting system, over 16,000 deaths there within a few days of taking the vaccine. And now we have this sentinel vent in the NFL. Uh, I just want to encourage your listeners, don't get distracted to commotion, cortis and don't get distracted with some doctor declaring it's not the vaccine when no one's given the vaccine status. Yeah. So we can't say it's the vaccine or not the vaccine and factor that in until there's disclosure of the vaccine status is very important. That's step one. Step two is to finish the workup. You know, he needs to come off the ventilator. He'll have a cardiac MRI. Uh, he may or may not have a heart catheterization electrophysiologic study. I think it's exceedingly likely he'll have an implantable cardio defibrillator. If there's any electrolyte disturbances, Tommy, like low potassium or magnesium, uh, the, they'll figure that out. But it was at the start of the game. I. Can't imagine he was dehydrated. Uh, You know, it's in Cincinnati. It it wasn't a heat stroke. Uh, There's so many things we can rule out. It didn't appear to be a spinal cord injury. No one's mentioned that intracranial injury now. I think it's likely he's got rib fractures from CPR. And if that comes out in a few days, I wouldn't be surprised. I think if he's a bit groggy and a bit weak and uh, for a few days or even a few weeks, I wouldn't be surprised with that. But I have to tell you, they have to come clean on this in terms of, is this COVID-19 vaccine-induced myocarditis? Is there late gadolinium enhancement on the MRI? Uh, is, is there any reduction in chamber function of the MRI? When did he take these vaccines? How close is this? Remember, as a, a, an event that's closer and closer to the time of the injection, it becomes more probable that University of Iowa case, that 65 year old woman, it was like 12 hours after the third shot and boom, she's down. You know, a recent study from Harvard, from Yonker and colleagues published in circulation in our best journal, 16 young boys, average age of 15 in mass general for myocarditis, Tommy, after the vaccine. And it typically happened within 30 days of taking shot two for these boys and they had high levels of circulating spike protein, which is produced from the vaccines. Now they had a comparator group who took the vaccines, did not have myocarditis. Interestingly, no circulating spike protein in those without myocarditis. So now we're starting to piece this together. It looks like the spike protein damages the heart. Baumeier and colleagues from Germany have shown the spike protein is physically in the heart, causing inflammation and then uh, future scarring Uh, And this is all now pathophysiologically cohesive, that vaccine-induced myocarditis is due to the spike protein, and in fact, now it's measurable. I think Harvard does a breakthrough study, it's the reason why it's in our best journal, and and that the doctors should be zeroing in on this diagnosis indeed if he's taking the vaccine.
0: Personal question, Does does it get tiring or disillusioning? You've been correct. I mean, you got me booted from YouTube in August, 2021. It's It's been a while. Does it does it get old being right and no one's listening and knowing that people are going to continue to get damaged, injured, and
1: die? Tommy, if no one was listening, my phone wouldn't be ringing off the hook. I, I have to tell you, I feel the intensity of the entire world right now. And And you've known me for a long time. For three years now, I've just brought the world uh, my best analysis, my best effort at a doc- as a doctor. I'm not infallible, uh, but I've been very careful, no hyperbole, uh, no guesswork, uh, and I've been right on the mark. And even things not related to the vaccine. you know, People ask me, uh, you know, is he gonna recover? And, and I give my best prognosis. And America is starting to see doctors who are consistently right about a lot of things and are very accurate, and they are gravitating to those doctors. Uh, doctors who are out there uh, saying things that are completely irresponsible without any backing at all, uh, the the public is starting to jettison those people and starting to zero in on, in a sense, they're picking their own doctors, their own consultants for, you know, reliable sources of information.
0: Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's going to keep going. Nothing's going to stop it and it's horrifying, but, uh, I think your, your resilience, your personal resilience is, is inspiring. And, it, uh, it reminds me to, to not be a wimp and to keep doing episodes. Cause I see you trucking and I'm like, what am I complaining about? So Dr. McCullough, I have nothing but respect for you and nothing but love for you. And, um, closing thoughts.
1: Well, Tommy, I'll tell you, let's leave it here. Make sure, uh, your followers know to Uh, Check out my website, uh, Mm -hmm. petermccullamd.com. It'll take you to America Out Loud Talk Radio, McCullough Report, and to Courageous uh, uh, Discourse Substack, my new book, Courage to Face COVID 19, uh, as well as I'm very active back on all social media. Mm -hmm. I was suspended from Twitter for two months. I look back on it just two months. Now my followers are skyrocketing. And, uh, you know, make sure you follow me on Twitter. You'll get the updates. Uh, as they come out. Uh, I'm a frequent contributor on Fox News, Newsmax, One America News, Victory Channel, been on ABC. Uh, You'll see me on Dan Bongino. Uh, I'm gonna do the pre-shoot tomorrow and that'll be on his show, Unfiltered. Uh, And I'm just doing the best I can as a doctor. Doctors in my circle are doing the same thing. And I want everyone out there to understand uh, this is about safety. This is about concern. This is about medical jurisprudence. None of us are trying to fearmonger the population, but we're genuinely concerned about Damar Hamlin and each and every person who potentially is uh, injured uh, with the COVID-19 vaccine program. So we'll leave it there, Tommy.
0: Yes, sir. <clears throat> and I will put the links to all of your social media, your books, your websites, all that good stuff in the description, as always. Dr. McCall. I love you. Keep doing what you're doing, man. You're the best. Thank you so much.